2018 stands to be a year of digital change. And one area that seems to be gaining steam is the digital closing, specifically the fully online closing. One aspect of this process is the remote online notarization. RON, as it's called, has become a buzzword in large part because state legislatures have begun passing laws allowing it. As this becomes more prevalent, there are likely going to be questions and considerations for compliance officers and in-house counsel alike. Today, we'll hear from Jeremy Potter, Associate Counsel at Quicken Loans. You're listening to the Compliance Insiders with Roger Fendelman, where you can hear the best and brightest experts in the mortgage industry discuss compliance and technology issues that affect you. It's all you need to know in 10 minutes or less. Jeremy, welcome to Compliance Insiders. It's great to have you on the program. Thanks for having me, Roger. Great to be here. Well, where do we stand today with respect to the digital closing and remote online notarizations? Well, 2017 was certainly a year that was dominated with the digital mortgage process generally. So as we look ahead to 2018, it seems like a lot of lenders and states and trade associations are turning their attention to a piece of that, which is the digital closing. And within the digital closing, specifically remote online closings, remote online notarizations. It seems like state law had had issues where we didn't know as the lending community whether remote online notarizations fit within existing notary laws, and states have come out of the gate trying to address that. So we have three or four states, Virginia, Montana, and Texas come to mind who have specifically addressed this in their legislation. And then MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association, and ALTA, the American Land Title Association, got together publish a model law that would assist other states who may be considering legislation this year. And our opinion is the MBA ALTA model law looks a lot like the Texas bill that was passed, trying to help states move forward with what could be a remote online closing. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. What does a remote online closing look like? I think we're all familiar with the existing electronic document closing today, where a closing agent or an attorney and notary is sitting with a client, probably on a tablet, uh, making electronic signatures to as many documents as they can, and then wet signing everything else. As we move forward with a digital closing, we expect to see electronic notarizations move forward where the entire session can be conducted electronically. What's different about the remote online closing, the closing agent or notary is no longer in the room on the device, but rather through a web session or remote session with the consumer. And there's ID validation, and then the review and discussion of the documents and the signature, and the entire thing can be conducted online. Well, that's interesting. And that's something that the industry has been looking for for many years, because it will allow for a streamlined closing, lower costs to originate loans, which can be, of course, passed on to consumers and more consumer satisfaction. But you had mentioned when we were speaking a minute ago offline about one of the potential issues that have cropped up with some of these state laws that have passed, and that's the physical location of the notary. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad we get a chance to talk about this. So in the remote online notarization session, the bills have to address whether or not they would allow for the consumer and the notary agent the notary agent's going to be licensed under that state's notary laws. And some states will add a remote component, you know, to the notary certification. 
But generally, you have a notary who's already going to be licensed under state law and a consumer. We can see from the Texas bill, the Virginia bill, and the model law that the consumer can be anywhere in the United States. And that's part of what is driving this, in fact, clients and consumers asking for this type of convenience or even expecting it in some markets. What's unique is whether or not the notary agent needs to be in the state or can be anywhere as well. So the Texas bill, for example, is a Texas property notarized by a Texas notary in Texas, but the consumer can be anywhere in the United States. And so as we move forward and look to the dozen or so states that are going to address this or are planning to address this in 2018 bills, it looks like that's one of the big questions they'll have to wrestle with. Right. And it's an interesting one, too. And hopefully at some point in the future, there's greater adoption of allowing notaries to be in a centralized business operation in any state that can close a loan so long as they receive proper training on state law. You had also mentioned there's some new terminology we all have to become familiar with. What are some of the things we need to know? When we talk about the remote online notarization or RON, there are a lot of different ways that we've seen that pop up. There's the electronic notarization, and I referred to that earlier as simply the electronic signatures of the entire document package. That's different than a remote online notarization. And then we have the collateral the e-note getting sent to an e-vault. And so when you have one of these remote web sessions, it's important either you looking at this proposed legislation in your state or as an in-house counsel looking at it for your mortgage company, your mortgage origination process to know exactly what's being approved and exactly what the parameters are around just electronic notarization, a remote online notarization, and how you can make the adjustments for an e-note or an e-vault. I think it's also important for compliance officers to get familiar with some of the terminology around credential analysis and ID proofing. Again, the state law is going to take care of most of those definitions, but being familiar as you look at technology platforms and as you prepare to implement this going forward, whether it's this year or in the future, it's good to have a comfort level with that as well. So Jeremy, that's actually a great lead in to my final question, which is, What are some of the major considerations that an originator's compliance officer or legal counsel need to focus on if they're going to move to this service? Well, certainly the technology platform. As your originators, as your uh, company prepares this decision, whether you're going to build a platform that allows for integration with your LOS and the fully digital closing process, whether you're going to buy that. Most of the technology platforms are going to be able to deliver real-time two-way audio-visual connection, which is the state law definition in many of these bills and in the model bill. And as you get your technology platform in place, looking at those agreements around investor guidelines with Fannie and Freddie, around some of the technology agreements with providers, who's going to provide what level of security and And then moving forward, you've got the video session and some of the storage issues. Is that the title company? Is it the platform? And what visibility does the lender want into the platform, the session, and the storage? Those will all be key adoption questions that we'll face over the next few months and years. Jeremy, this is all great info. Thanks for the update. Are you a compliance insider? Then go to CompliancePodcast.com immediately and join our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Got something to say? Request to be on the show. Go to CompliancePodcast.com with your topic ideas. 
And as always, thank you for listening.